This is a Mortarbox Media Podcast. For more podcasts and to learn how we can help you create your own, visit mortarboxmedia.com. Welcome once again to Chill Filter, the podcast where we drink whiskey so you don't have to, but you probably should. I'm excited for today's episode. We are drinking uh, Jefferson's Grand Selection Chateau Pichon Baron. Um, and it might not be Chateau, but I'll get to that in a bit. Um, we are. Uh, I'm gonna start over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep the keep it recording though. Got it. All right, here we go. Welcome once again to Chill Filtered, the podcast where we drink whiskey so you don't have to. But you probably should. Today we're drinking a, a very special bourbon, a Jefferson's Grand Selection Pichon Baron. Uh, we're going to get into what that is, what it's all about. But before we do that, I wanted to talk about patreon.com slash chill filtered. Now, if you don't know, Patreon's a great way to support your favorite, uh, you know, uh, great people like us. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know, like your favorite, like, things i don't know but uh patreon.com slash chill filtered is where people can support us uh, monetarily on a monthly basis uh but i have really 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 good news this week concerning patreon if you've been considering uh supporting us on patreon consider even more because finally uh we are doing more than shout outs and uh only on the internet um special things for our patreon supporters we are actually shipping out goodies to our patreon supporters this week and we are going to make that our thing if you support us on patreon we're going to give you goodies uh so this week uh in the next week or two we'll be shipping out tiered gifts for those who are at the less than ten dollar level you'll be getting some fancy chill filtered stickers and a sample of a future episode's whiskey to drink with us. Uh, we will work that out and how to get that through our courier, and we'll work with the, our Patreon people with that. Secondly, if you're at the 10-plus level, you're not only going to get some fancy chill-filtered stickers, you're going to get a fancy chill-filtered etched whiskey glass Ooh. and at least two samples ah. of the future episodes so you can drink whiskey with us uh, in the future episodes. So uh, we'll figure that out and uh, how to get those things to our new, our current uh, Patreon supporters. Uh, but if you're listening there right now and you are a Patreon supporter, you have good on the way through the mail uh, no, not through the mail. We're going to go courier for this one. So, uh, yeah, really excited about that. If you're considering becoming a Patreon supporter, there's more than just support. We are giving back as well. Uh, it's actually, it cost me, it cost us a lot. In fact, it pretty much cost us all we had in Patreon to take care of this right now. But I'm excited. Yeah. Um, and I hope that can continue to go. And then we're going to do like, if you give more than 20 bucks, you can get these extra things as well uh, per month. So um, keep that in mind, Patreon people. If you want to move up, uh, if you're at the you know $3 level or whatever it is, you want to move up to 10. If you're at the 10, you want to move up and so on. Um, that's all we got for Patreon. <laughs> uh, and that's the business. Let's talk. Uh, how are you doing, Robbie? I'm all right. You know, it's been an interesting week. We've had, you know, uh, last week I was like, yeah, it's getting kind of warm. Now it's getting kind of cold again. Like it feels like February. Oh, really? Yeah. And, 
Uh, we got like one twin has an ear infection again. The other one has oh. a sinus infection, and so it's just been one of those one of those weeks. Kind of you know, to be honest with you, I was re- I had fallen asleep on the bed upstairs for a little bit. Chelsea had to wake me up. Be like, yeah, you got to record your podcast because it's been one of those nice. Weeks. But uh, no, I'm mm. doing. Other, I mean, it's all it's all good. You know, I got. Got a lot, a lot of good stuff going on. It's a fun week at school. My kids have been really awesome. Um, kind of a fun story. Uh, we were talking about, someone brought up owls, and one of my students was like, I think owls are creepy. And I was like, why? And he's like, well, they can turn their heads most of the way around. And those owl pellets. And I was like, yeah, owls are kind of gross. And then I brought up a story where in college one time, an owl flew inside, flew into the side of my truck while I was like driving down the highway at like 2 <laughs> in the morning. And I'm pretty sure it died. And then at, one of my kids goes, you're a murderer. He's a murderer. And I was like, no, man, birds are kind of dumb. He, he killed himself. And then another kid called me a murderer. And I, so I started like best way to divert. I was like, started a chant, like get people on your side, start a chant. Right. I'm like, birds are yeah. dumb. Birds are dumb. And one of my other kids is like, girls are dumb. And then it turned into this like <laughs> hate fest. <laughs> to shut that down. But, uh, this has uh, been, uh, you know, as hard as, you know, the sick toys at home have been. Like, it's been a fun week at school. A lot of fun, fun kids going on. So that's one, one thing I love about my job, especially, is like, and it's usually like either school kids are kind of rough or home kids are kind of rough. And so it's either fun one one way or the other. So but it's been an That's interesting great. week personally. But uh, how's your week been going, man? It's good. Uh, yeah, I, I went to Wisconsin uh, since we last yeah. uh, had an episode. And that was a blast. I got to do uh, a story at Madison Story Slam and got to see a bunch of friends and got to see Adam, mm-hmm. uh, one of them. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was awesome. And then actually one cool thing that happened while we were there, um one of the other Story Slam uh participants that night, who was telling a story. His name's Ben Klepsig, and this is a huge shout out episode to Ben Klepsig because the bourbon we're drinking tonight or today is from Ben. And and while yeah. I was there, Ben was not only willing to share a little bit from his flask, uh which was <laughs> I believe uh, Corsair. It was a cast strength um barley uh mashville i forget oh with like a, a smokiness to it it was pretty cool they had like peat and like i want to say apple wood or something oh, like that nice. or like cherry wood or something like that it was crazy a lot going on uh but then he also shared with me two samples of legiant uh, which is basically a whiskey that um jim beam and centauri like collaborated on okay. because they're connected as a company mm-hmm. now um but yeah, that was that was great. So nice. th- big thank you to Ben for today's episode. Uh, we're drinking his whiskey, and we'll soon drink another one of his. Um, and I'll <clears throat> excuse me, I'll get that couriered out to you, Robbie. Uh, also, another person that reached out to us this week, uh, Bryce Marita, good friend of mine. We go way back. We go back to like 2007. Um, he's out in Pennsylvania these days. Uh, Instagram handle B Side. Uh, and he is kind enough to be shipping us three samples to me and to Robbie in the next, uh, and by shipping, I mean couriering, of course. Um, and Bryce, uh, we got something coming back to you, uh, if not already couriered to you now, by the time this, uh, podcast comes out, 
Uh, James Cuddy, I mentioned him last week. He uh, was able to send us something through the courier, and I'm hoping to get him something. That was a Kings County bourbon from Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> and uh, so it's been a crazy week in that way. I'm like super excited. Like to answer your question, how am I doing? I feel really good. Good. Um, yeah. Yeah. This I, podcast needs one of us being like woohoo right now because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, I'm trying to think. Like life is. I I really enjoyed my time in Madison. That's good. I had a blast. Did you? Uh, and uh, did you get to meet mm-hmm. any of the woman AF gals? I didn't. No. Oh. I I I. If they were at the um, those Madison Story Slam, that would have been awesome. But I don't yeah. know if they were. But that would have been super cool. We were hoping to do like a little um, episode, including Adam. Um, but uh, things were going rough. He, uh, Ashley's wife was very sick, and so he had to take care of her the night we planned on doing a little yeah. uh, recording that night. So that's too bad. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, work's been great. Uh, I My peppers are starting to, like, this is a, this is a big deal for me. I love growing peppers, uh, and they are starting to be ready to go outside soon. Mm-hmm. And the weather is getting really nice in the Phoenix area today. It was 80-plus wow. degrees. Uh, so it's getting hotter and that hotter. Good. Yeah, and uh, I am really excited. I'm. I got my uh, exam coming up in a month, uh, a month like and less than a month at this point. And I right after that, I'm gonna go up to Boise. So mm-hmm. I am stoked so for that. Five weeks away now. Less. less. Is it less or no? Yeah, it's like, like four, four at this point. Yeah, okay. four in a day because it'll be Friday. Okay. And we're recording on a Thursday, so nice. And I'm then, excited. Uh, Life's good. Pretty good whiskey week. What too. Were you, you got a you got that bottle of Larceny <gasps> cask. Yes, that's awesome. And my um, yeah, I got a Larceny cask strength. Uh, just saw it on uh, one of my local liquor stores Instagram pages, mm-hmm. and they. It's funny. I rarely look at their page, but one day or yesterday, I was just like, "Let me just look at their page randomly, see if any whiskeys come through." And it was within twenty-seven or like twenty-five minutes or so that they had posted, "We just got these in." <laughs> and I tell Heather, "I'll be right back." Yeah. So I like it was right after work too. So I like started to head up, grabbed a bottle. They said they only had like less than ten of them total, and I got to get one of them. So I was stoked. Uh, it's I think it's one twenty-three proof ish. Nice. And it's a weeded bourbon. So we'll have that on the uh, podcast not too long from now. And then um, my stags are basically coming in this week officially. So um, they kind of were held on for for me through the Virginia lottery. So um, yeah, really good whiskey week. Well, I'm stoked. On top of it. So uh, it was kind of fun. Wednesday, I went to my liquor store and they had a bottle of Blanton's and they had like seven henry mckenna's and i've blown my bourbon budget for the month for sure actually it's for the next two months um so i was like well i gotta pick them up anyway so i picked them up and a couple guys i work with i was like hey because i knew i'd be able like someone would like want those so um, yeah they essentially paid for them i didn't mark them up or anything like that so that was kind of fun i still get it's still fun just buying whiskey you know what i mean if you're gonna sell it to somebody or pass along it's uh and i kept uh keeping one of the mckenna's for you know the next kind of baby shower housewarming kind of a gift for somebody because that's yeah. kind of a fun one and then uh talked to a guy at one of our liquor stores who uh won uh eagle rare 17 in the lottery yeah. and he's looking to do a four ounce tr- or a 
yeah, four ounce trade for four ounces of the Midwinter's Night Dram. So we'll get some Eagle Warrior 1719 hopefully here pretty soon. So good whiskey week for us. You you texted me that, and I think I said you have to be freaking kidding yeah. me or something along those lines. And it's, it's one of those ones um, where I should have just been like unmarked bottle, send it to you. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah, but I can't keep a secret. I'm a like no. I'm I'm very as soon as I think something, I get excited to tell people. So good. Yeah, even with that. Yeah, even with that one um, episode where I surprised Adam, it was the lot forty cast. Yeah, it was so hard for me to keep that secret. Yeah. Oh, I bet. But we got uh we got a lot going on on today's episode. Um. We're going to get into, yeah, like I mentioned, we're drinking today uh, Jefferson's Grand Selection, Pichon Baron Cask Finish. The actual technical title, according to Jefferson's website, is Jefferson's Grand Selection Chateau Pichon Baron Cask Finish. Um, and we'll get into that. And we'll, is there anything else you want to talk about? I realize we're actually doing okay on time. Yeah, no, I think we're good, man. I'm I'm ready to move on. That's cool. I'm ready to get close. Sounds good. Yeah, let's do this. Sweet. We're going to do that right after this quick break. All right, we're back. Uh, like I said, we're drinking Jefferson's, it's a long name. Okay, Jefferson's Grand Selection Chateau Pichon Baron Cask Finish. Uh, we've actually had Jefferson's, yeah. Baron, it's a long you said one. Baron it's, that time. Oh, Baron. Baron. Yeah. I'm going to mess it up a lot <laughs> this episode. But everyone's ready for that, so. Uh, yeah, we've had Jefferson's on the podcast before. Episode 60 was their Groth cask finish which was a cabernet sauvignon finish barrel finish and um so jefferson's distillery is there such a thing not exactly um there is a kentucky artisan distillery which is where some of it comes from uh, we'll get into that but yeah i guess that that the kentucky artisan distillery is in crestwood kentucky which is in oldham county kentucky uh, used to be when uh, Jefferson started in 1997, the brand, that it was 100% sourced whiskey. Uh, the company that like owned the brand started as McLean and Kine, I think it's pronounced, uh, which was the company named, uh, basically picked by the founder, Trey Zoller. Uh, and that was in 2005, or rather in 2005, the brand was bought out by a company called Castle Brands. And then basically in 2015, they uh, acquired what is now the Kentucky Artisan Distillery, uh, which these days distills uh, more than 25% of what is now aging for the company or the brand. Uh, So getting out there, or they're basically getting out of that 100% sourced uh, reputation. So they're starting to do their own stuff. It's good for them. And they're starting to mix it in kind of with what they got. I, I uh, went to their website, Jefferson's website, and it says under like the Jefferson's title, like the logo, basically, it says, quote, ridiculously small batch bourbon, <laughs> which I think is pretty interesting. <laughs> I mean, like Zoolander small bourbon. batch. Yeah, yeah re- really, really ridiculously small batch. <laughs> um, 
you know, small batch is such a nebulous term. In whiskey, there is no uh, standardization for that term. There's yeah. no metric for that term. It is just, you can call whatever you want small batch. And you can technically call whatever you want ridiculously small batch. <laughs> um, but I think there's something uh, attractive about it. It's like, you know, we, we don't mass produce this. We do it like one at a time so, or something like that. I'm going to so. stop you real quick. When you say ridiculously yeah. small batch, I'm thinking like a thimble at a time. Like that would be yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> we're, we're blending the, the, the thimble-sized barrels and <laughs> mixing it up with our finger. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what the word ridiculous literally means? Um, <laughs> uh, re dick you louse No. So... So it comes from the word, like the the Latin word, which means to laugh. And so when something is ridiculous, it is like laughable. I don't know why I'm talking about this right now, but see, I always think when people say ridiculous, I'm like, is that laughable? I think it is, you know. See, okay. I'm thinking of a eunuch not becoming a eunuch when I hear ridiculous. (laughs) I don't know. I could see that work working. Yeah, yeah. from the Greco-Roman uh yeah. Yeah. Re that word. Re being go back. Yeah, yeah. And dick you less. <laughs> Sorry, go back. That's funny. I don't know. But this is hey. a ridiculously small batch. Yeah, it turns out. <laughs> so they have a they have a number of whiskey offerings, Jefferson's. Uh, first of all, they have their, quote, very small batch bourbon, unquote. Uh, and then they're like Jefferson's Reserve. Apparently, they have a standard rye, uh, but I don't think I've ever seen it. On their website, it says currently unavailable. But it said that about a few things, including uh, what I'll get to in a second. Uh, they have quite a few cask finished bourbons, including what I mentioned earlier, the Groth. They have a... Um, Ah, oh, Blanken. Uh, another wine type finish, um, besides the one we're drinking today. Um, but they also have the Ocean uh, release, which is the Aged at Sea release, and they have a bunch of different releases for that one. Which, to be honest, it's I think it's a little bit of a gimmick. Uh, some have been good. I have had a cast strength on one that was decent, but basically they age their whiskey on barrels that are on the ocean. They're agitated more, apparently, at, quote, speed ages it. Mm. Um, and we all know which how is a, feels about speed. Yeah. <laughs> I hate speed aging. Don't, just <laughs> do it the old-fashioned way. Um, but they also have their presidential select line. And the first Jefferson's that I ever had was their 18-year presidential. It was the most I ever spent on a uh, pour. And it was an ounce and a half pour, and it was $69, and I regret doing it. Uh, it was a good bourbon, don't get me wrong, um, but never spend that much on a pour. You I don't know, know. that Redbreast 21 you spent for me was more than that, wasn't it? I guess you got me there, because yeah. it was at least 75 on that one. So, I, yeah, you're right. Okay. Second most you ever spent on a pour. Yeah, yes. But at the time, it was the most. At that time, it was the most. But maybe that but that pour of Redbreast 21 was what made me... Say hubba but what whiskey can be like this, and it made you the love. man you are today. It did. So maybe you know if it means you get a one of your friends loving whiskey like you do, it might be worth it. 
Yeah, I mean, you think about it. It's like whiskey. If you if you pop a whiskey bottle, it stops being an investment. But that seventy five dollar pour I bought for you by accident, not knowing it would be that much, <laughs> was an investment. It was. Yeah. In a, so, in a thing, but yeah, they're presidential. Go ahead. It was, was an that? investment in the only commodity that really matters: friendship. Whiskey. Well, oh, whiskey. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Friendship, friendship. <laughs> Um. Yeah, they have uh, in the presidential line. They have a 17 year, an 18 year, 21, 25, and a 30 year wow, bourbon. Geez. You never see a 30 year bourbon. In fact, I've never seen it. I've never seen. I mean, I've seen a. I think I've seen the 18 year bourbon mm-hmm. before. Uh, as I just mentioned, I have drink drank it. But I mean, I was thinking at the bar I worked at. I don't know if they had the 18 year. Um, but I do know that at the bar I used to work at, they had the. 21 and 25 year rye and i got to try a little bit of both of them a little bit little like samples or there's nips or a tipple and a tot um <laughs> and the 21 year was better i would say and i would argue that it was one of the best ryes i've ever had uh, was the jefferson's presidential 21 year rye uh, super rare. These these bottles are super hard to find. Came out a good few years ago. Most of them, of course, um, but you really, really can't get your hands on many of them anymore. Um, which is too bad because they're amazing. Um, okay, so what we're drinking today is the, as I mentioned, Jefferson's Grand Selection Chateau Pichon Baron Cask Finish. Uh, Jefferson Thomas Jefferson himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, in which the name or the brand is named after, uh, probably obviously, uh, was actually uh, America's first ambassador to France. Hmm. He apparently was quite a fan of French wines, especially Bordeaux wines, which is personally my favorite type of wine. <laughs> uh, according to Jefferson's website, he very much liked uh, Bordeaux wines from Chateau Pichon Baron. Hmm. Uh, so, so basically, Jefferson's aged the the company aged the whiskey in new charred oak barrels to to as an official bourbon would, and then they finished the bourbon in toasted used Pichon Baron casks in a Jefferson's proprietary hotbox environment to age uh, for a little longer to basically just finish it. And so, what is hotboxing? Uh, it's not farting under the bed sheets and then holding it down for your wife to smell later. Because that's um, a Dutch oven. Oh, yeah. That's what they call it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, um, but basically, like, I've seen Buffalo Trace has done this, uh, but apparently Jefferson's has their proprietary hot box methodology. Uh, basically, you just put it in a, in like a closed off container and then put it out in a place where it can get warm and it ovens it in a way i mean it dutch ovens it i guess uh, but not in a farty way um so i think everyone can probably picture what i'm talking about they just put it in a box that's closed off and the heat kind of maintains in the and maybe even some of the moisture maintains in there so uh basically hot box goes with all of their finished whiskey like the groth was a was a hot box uh the pritchard one which i forget what wine it was I think it was like Benjamin Pritchard or something like that. I might be totally wrong on that. Um, but yeah, they, they hotbox all their finishes. Uh, 90 proof. 
no age statement. I couldn't find a word or a number at all that was even estimation. Um, but I, I would imagine this one's at least six years old. Uh, it's assumed that most of their products outside of the ones they're doing on their own come from MGP in Indiana. Uh, this one is somewhat rare, um, but I did see it in the Total Wine near me, but I haven't seen it many other places at all. Uh, total wine price though and thank you so much ben klepsig Mm -hmm. for sharing what this is is 139 at total wine so it is not a cheap bourbon and we're grateful for you sharing Mm -hmm. this ben uh let's get into it let's let's pop this bottle uh sadly since uh ben is uh sent us samples we don't have the pop today we just have the screw top so yeah you really can't hear a little bit of like pouring near the microphone though oh that's good I, I have no idea what to expect here. Yeah, neither do I. I think I'm super, I'm overly excited for this one. Last week, um, I tried to jump the gun because I I really don't have the best nose and things like that. Uh, so I like Cole and I getting ready to set up for the podcast. I poured this one last week and it was the wrong one. So I've been <laughs> very excited for this one. Um Oh, good. But so you smelled it last week and and felt good about it. No, I didn't even get to smell it because by the time you called, you're like, okay, you got your. What did we do last week? It was the. Uh, oh, I can't remember. Uh, George C. Stag. The stag. That's no. It was two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks oh, ago. Was it I the poured uh, Yellowstone. We did Yellowstone. Yeah, and I, for some reason I poured this one, but I didn't smell it because you're like, uh, no, we're doing Yellowstone. I'm like, ah, okay. But anyway, um, you got any? Have you been smelling it at all yet? Well, I've been. Yeah, just a little bit. I can't put my finger on it, um, but I can put my nose on it. (laughs) You're on one tonight. You are in a good mood, man. I like that. (laughs) Um, Life is good. It is good. It's a good life. Um, It's real faint. Um, Yeah. Definitely, you you know, I don't know what a, I don't drink a lot of wine, so I'm not sure what a Bordeaux smells like, but I'm getting a kind of a, a grapey kind of a smell to it maybe that's kind of that part of the Bordeaux also a little bit of like a floral note to it I'm not sure but it's very faint yeah super super aggressive on the nose yeah it almost has a smell a little bit of um like uh watered down grape juice okay which you know Mm -hmm. makes sense yep I got that that's that's about all the note I'm getting it's like I mentioned it's yeah, it's, and it is good. It's like forty five percent alcohol, so it's not too strong. Yeah. Um, so I'm not getting like a lot of alcohol smell or anything like that. I'm getting a little bit, to be honest, but not much. Um, color. I'll let you sip, Robbie, while I talk about mm-hmm. color. Um, it's a tint of red for sure, and that makes sense with a Bordeaux, a red wine. Um, but it's you know a little bit redder than your average bourbon for sure. Okay. I really like this. Mm-hmm. This is, it's just, it's, it's, wow, it's really good. Um, So yeah, 45%, not a lot of, there's no, like, no burn. Um, Slowly kind of rolls across the palate. It's got an, and then it kind of comes in a little bit strong with a little bit of burn on the back. Um, Not much at all, but it's really pleasant. It's really mild. Um. Nothing about this is robust. I get I'm getting kind of like florally kind of notes a little bit, but definitely the grapes. Like there's a little bit of a grape taste there, but it's just I mean just mildly pleasant. You know, 
it's uh almost kind of like getting into a bed with clean sheets in the springtime if that makes sense where it's just like makes total sense it's just comforting and nice it's it's good it's crisp i think this has a good crispness to it as well i agree crisp is a good word um when i was sipping it it made me think of uh, like a 12 plus year aged 90 proof bourbon similar to like uh, for example um, uh, IW Harper 15 mm-hmm. or Eagle Rare 17 just a tiny bit at least on the front of the palate it had this really um, calm caramely uh, and the grape shows up there a lot too not super oaky though so that kind of throws it a little off and the finish wasn't as good as either of those I two ju- I just mentioned. Basically, um, it wasn't a bad finish. No. It was just not as like for Eagle Rare Seventeen or IW Harper Fifteen. It's like it's like just keeps going and and so smooth for a lower proof um, whiskey. Um, or you know, it's not eighty proof, but it's definitely not over a hundred. So, um, trying to get a few other notes though. Crisp is a good word. It's, like ref- that. it's refreshing I'm go for, another for sure. Sip real quick. I, I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. It's certainly not robust in any way, and that's kind of nice. You know, it's kind of nice to have something like that. It's something where you can go to where it's not going to hitch in the just hitch upside the face. You know, it's uh, it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's just really pleasant. It's a pleasant whiskey. Yeah, I think. Yeah, a little bit. You know, it's one where you can just have a little nip and be good with that, and just kind of sit and relax. It's a nice one. Yeah, I wanted to say berries, um, but it's I'm leaning still towards that grapiness. Yeah, um, but a really nice grape juice. Like I'm not getting hints of wine or sherry or anything like that. I'm literally just getting grapes of or g- notes of grape um, juice. Yeah, I'm gonna drop a little water in here. Yeah, I had to go across the room. I forgot to grab my water. I'm gonna go for it too. Nice, you're good. Um. Question for you, Cole. Does Ooh. does Heather listen to the podcast at all? She has been lately. Oh, Normally, really? she doesn't. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. Chelsea is yet to. Re- I, I don't think think she's listened to it since I started. But uh, what? Yeah, I don't know. She's she's like, well, I get to talk to you. I know what's going on with you, kind of thing. And I probably talk. I I'm not a big talker, but to her, I am. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll talk her ear off because I love her. Um, but, yeah, uh, <laughs> but, uh, it was funny cause one of her coworkers has been listening to it and he goes, the way Robbie talks about whiskey is kind of like R rated. And Chelsea's like, maybe I need to start listening. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I don't even <laughs> what know what he's talking mean? about. But then I was like, that one just feels like getting in the sheets on a nice spring day. Like, <laughs> I'm like maybe I do. That's like oh. me. Well, that's like, uh, all the times that Adam took my, um, comments as innuendo, basically. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't mean it that way. He's like, yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> uh, what are you getting on the nose with the water? It's definitely, uh, sweeter, a little bit more bright as well. Um, I'm surprised how much sweeter it smells with a little water. I don't know about you. Um, I would say, yeah, it definitely smells sweeter. Um. But it's a, it definitely it's a little more faint. Um, and there wasn't a lot of nose there to start with. Um, and while you're talking, I also took a sip. I definitely it definitely tastes sweeter with a couple of drops of water in it too. Mm-hmm. Still getting. I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure if I got a weird bitterness at the end of that finish, uh, mm-hmm. taking a sip. Yeah. I'm going to go for another sip, but I'm not sure. My first one, I'm not, but it's definitely, it's got like a, a nice bourbony sugar to it. It's a, it got a nice sweetness. I think uh, mm-hmm. that really came out with the water for sure. Yeah. This might go really well with an old fashioned. I wouldn't do it because it's a $139 (laughs) bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. This might be like really good with an old fashioned. I would say, I mean, do like a a lesser ratio of uh, sugar to it Mm -hmm. because it's still pretty sweet. But yeah, absolutely. A little bit of bitters, a little bit of citrus oil on it. Oh, man. Yeah. I think that'd be great. Yeah. But I wouldn't. No. No. Yeah. But I'd be willing to find out once. <laughs> if I was a millionaire, I'd be drinking Pichon, Baron, Old mm-hmm. Fashions. Yep. All right, I dropped a Oh, cue. you know, you oh. ever... Um, I was listening not to... It was a while ago. It was probably a year ago or something like that. Um, I was listening to the podcast... Uh, and the the Grease was talking about mixing, um, what is it, uh, bourbon with Cabernet Sauvignon uh, wine. Huh. And it's actually really good. <laughs> and I bet Bordeaux would be even better with a little bourbon. Okay. You mix like, I want to say it's like an ounce bourbon. I want to say it's like a one-to-one okay. uh, ratio of bourbon to wine. And I bet Bordeaux would boat Yeah. Would be even better. <laughs> um, I'm not. See, I'm not a huge wine. Like, I'll drink wine if that's what, yeah. what's there. Um, but my mother-in-law, she buys. I can't remember what the name of it is, but she'll buy a wine that's got a bourbon cask finish on it, and that one's pretty good mm-hmm. too. So I could definitely see doing a little mixture like that being pretty tasty. Yeah, just try it out one time. You got to get a robust um, bourbon though, and definitely a robust red. Okay. Uh, yeah. And that would be a good one to do, would be like one that's already aged in bourbon barrels. So I'm going for the ice now. Uh, grab me a cube. Yeah, I just... And then I'm going to drop it. <laughs> drop that. Bus driver, drop that cube. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I dropped one. And I, honestly, I'm, it's, I'm getting a little more of the alcohol fume off of it, which is weird because that's not mm. usually how it goes. I don't know if I... What I did, if I did something wrong here or not, because I, that's not usually no, the case. No, I'm getting that too. Are you? Okay. I'm still getting the grapiness, but the alcohol is showing up more than it had earlier. Yeah. I'm getting like more pronounced grape underneath of that um, than with the neat, but the more fume to it for sure. So I got to confess something. Uh-oh. As, as you were talking, I was nosing the whiskey. And I basically like took a sip through my nose. <laughs> Surprised I didn't cough, but I think my beard caught most of it. I leaned it too far back. <laughs> like, ooh, but that's actually pretty good. I'm, I'm licking my mustache now, and I'm like, hmm. Huh. You know, I'm a little conflicted on this ice. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I think it, it, it lingers on the palate a lot longer. Like, it's sitting there for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. But on the front end of it, it, it's not as pleasant. It just tastes like water to me almost. It's, mm-hmm. but it definitely lingers a lot longer. That's for sure. I'm getting weird bitterness throughout. It's not all bitter, but especially the finish is bitter. I wasn't expecting that because uh, the water really brightened it up in a really good way. Um, 
But yeah, I'm getting too much bitterness to enjoy it. See, I'm not really getting, I think for some reason you seem to get bitterness off most times with ice. Mm-hmm. You might want to check your ice maker, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. I might actually need to do that. Um, I'm not really getting bitterness. I mean, most times I will as well. I'm not getting the bitterness, but yeah, it's really strange because like it's like almost like drinking water, nothing there, and then all of a sudden like it's just this lingering light heat on the on the palate on the back end. So it, it takes mm-hmm. d- the finish definitely lasts a lot longer. But yeah, with ice is uh yeah I don't know I would do it. <laughs> yeah, if I were just to rate on ice, I'd give it a meh. meh. But luckily, I'm not just rating on ice. I'm rating on the best pour. So, yeah. Um, Do you have an idea of rating? Yeah. I like it. I'm not blown away by it, mm-hmm. uh, but I do like it. Um, I would give it a high seven. Okay. I'd give it a 7.75. Okay. Yeah, I went a little higher than you. I, I think... It's a little more unique, I think. It works. It's just very. It's um, got good flavor, but it's also very subtle. Um, mm-hmm. I went seven nine on it. I definitely like it. It's a. Uh, it's yeah. It's nice. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so definitely a fun one. I I think if you get a chance to taste, it, I would definitely definitely give it a shot because it's it's nice. It's, yeah. it's a little different. You know, it doesn't. I mean, we do a lot with like you know, you see a lot of sherry cask finishes. Um. But, you know, the Pichon Baron finish is, uh, it's pretty nice. I like it. It's very subtle. Where, like, if you drink a sherry cask finish, like, you know you're drinking a sherry butt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I go nuts for sherry butts. There we go. Uh, um, I, before we move on to the next segment, I wanted to mention a Dram Hound hit us up uh, since last week's episode. And I, uh, I mentioned last week talking about hazmat. And what that like legitimately means and like kind of the backstory behind that. And I forgot to look it up, but Dramhound on Instagram uh, uh, wrote this to us and we appreciate that. Uh, Dramhound, whatever your name is, uh, we'll just go with Dramhound for now. Um, he says, was listening uh, to this on Monday while walking the dogs. Excellent episode, guys. Following up on alcohol and how it relates to hazmat, which stands for hazardous materials. Uh, anything less than 24% is exempt from hazmat transportation restrictions. Anything above that point falls under hazmat restrictions per the Code of Federal Regulations. What most people uh, in the whiskey world refer to hazmat is 70 plus, which is what we mentioned, percent, or 140 proof plus. Uh, this is the point that alcohol is prohibited from being transported on an airline whatsoever. The flashpoint of 70% and higher makes it susceptible to combustion. Uh, so thank you, Dramhound, because that actually makes it super clear for us. Is like, you can't bring it on an airline, and, and there's like rules and guidelines and, and you know regulations for that kind of thing. So appreciate that. Yeah. yeah so sure. And I told you on Instagram I'd give you a shout-out. So uh, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for chipping in. We, we always love when people yeah. like uh, just throw in some info or just kind of help us out in any way. For so sure. thank you. So it is time for one of our favorite, if not the favorite, portion of this show. Um, 
wait, what do we do first? Do we do Whiskey World News first? <laughs> we, we do Whiskey, yeah. We do our favorite one first, then we do our third favorite one last. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. So it's time for Whiskey World News. Um, so <laughs> it's funny now because, because I, can, can, I gotta clear something up first. So, Adam threw us for a loop on this last episode. Uh, speaking of walking the dogs and listening to the podcast, I my, that was great. Had Amara, she was at her basketball practice, and I was walking uh, my booze hound moose around and finished up the episode yesterday. And at the end of the episode, Adam usually, you know, like Cole and I take a while to kind of make sure we're ready to go in the beginning and a little bit at the end. And I just tried to do our theme music. I think Cole thought I was doing uh, Seinfeld, so the Cole did Seinfeld. <laughs> but uh, anyway, now like, and I really have to resist every time we go to a segment doing the music because that's, you know, I got eighty <laughs> episodes in my head where that's how every episode goes. When Cole goes, time for Whiskey World News, like I, that's what I want to do. But anyway, it was kind of fun. Adam threw that on there, so just let you guys know. I tried to theme, do the theme music. Cole was doing Seinfeld for sure. So and Cole <laughs> boom, Seinfeld was boom. <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, this won't turn into a scat podcast. <laughs> it, could, it could be. That could be our fourth mm-hmm. favorite segment, the scat time. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Now that you got a couple <laughs> ounces of whiskey, let's hear you skibbly up, doodly scat All right. Anyway, <laughs> how about we get to Whiskey World News? <laughs> so, <laughs> I have whiskey in my mouth while I'm laughing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go on. All right, here we go. So this uh, article comes from the Whiskey Wash by our f- favorite author. Who's our favorite author, Cole? Uh, Nino Marchetti. Nino Marchetti. So when I saw this one, I thought I thought of Cole, and I thought, I got to go through this one. So it's titled, uh, Buffalo Trace Continues to Grow in Visitors and Expansion. The Buffalo Trace Distillery in Kentucky, as we move through the first month of the new decade, continues to see very solid year-over-year growth of its visitor base, making for an amazing last 10 years in tourism increases. This comes at a time when the physical distillery itself is continuing through a large-scale $1.2 billion expansion project. Buffalo Trace ended 2019 having welcomed a record-breaking 293,996 visitors during the calendar year. This was a 35% increase in visitation over the previous year and marks a strong finish to the decade as a whole, with tourism growing having increased visitation to the National Historic Landmark Distillery by 466% since 2010. As far as expansion of physical campus goes, a lot has been happening that's of note. According to distillery officials, this fall repairs, restoration, and painting kicked off behind the scenes at Buffalo Trace, specifically behind the back wall of the Visitor Center. Though having just completed an expansion of the Visitor Center in 2015, Buffalo Trace is again expanding in order to accommodate the continued tourism growth. Much of the construction and expansion work will continue to take place out of the way and have minimal impact on guests visiting the distillery. As the visitor center will be expanding further back into the building it currently resides, work will take place behind the back wall until the expansion of the work is complete. Then the existing visitor center will receive updates and work will be completed to make the building a cohesive space. The distillery anticipates the visitor center expansion to wrap up later this year. Just as tourism continues to grow, so is demand for more bourbons made by Buffalo Trace, which is why the distillery made some major upgrades to expand its distilling capabilities in 2019, embracing the first large-scale structural expansion on the campus since the end of Prohibition. Right before Christmas, the distillery started up, and this is the exciting part, I think, its brand new 22-foot cookers for the first time. 
For these massive cookers, which are responsible for pressure cooking the middle grains before they are cooled and fermented, were installed in 2019. The new cooker spanned three floors in height, and distillery had to remove the roof of its mash house, mash house to lower them into the building. This and several other distillery upgrades Buffalo Trace has been working on over the past year will allow the distillery to greatly increase its whiskey production as demand for its whiskeys continue to grow. Anyway, I'll stop it there, but... I don't know, Cole. What are your thoughts? You've been there. Um, you were there in 2014? Uh, 16. 16. Okay, so. No. Yeah, so what are your thoughts? I mean, you've yes, actually 16. been there. You know, they got the expansion going. What are your thoughts on that? Like, how was it when you were there? Do you see a need for it to grow? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like, first of all, they have the bourbon Pompeii there, which is, like, super cool. Basically, they found... Uh, Colonel E.H. Taylor's original fermenting tanks in like this like building that were like hidden under concrete basically and I think that's pretty cool so that I imagine a lot of people came in for that but I also think like like if you're trying to bring people on or like to to your to do tours and and to come and visit um, you have to have something that's got a reputation a good reputation Mm -hmm. you know and so and i think the cool thing about buffalo trace is that they have this insane reputation these days where it's even hard to find buffalo trace standard a 23 Mm -hmm. or 25 dollar bottle that is fantastic um, but it's like their low end product pretty much everything buffalo trace puts out is hard to find these days um and and I think like people want to go there. Plus, you can like find Blantons always at the at the uh, gift shop. These kind of things. I mean, as a you know whiskey enthusiast that I am, like I that would be my first choice would be Buffalo Trace if I were in you know Kentucky and doing tours. Um, I've been there once, so and the tour was like incredible. I mean, I had Freddie Johnson as my tour guide, who's like absolute legend in terms of bourbon and Kentucky, like, men, history men. You know, like, he's on the he's in the Kentucky Bourbon Hall of Fame, and he was my tour guide. And, like, he actually gave me a really cool personal tour of the Warehouse X and, like, stuff like that. It was crazy stuff. Um, I, I think they have everything it takes to grow visitors uh, and to, like, continually get bigger in the tourism department um yeah they're amazing but i'm such a fanboy i don't know what do you think <laughs> no it's i think it's hard to not be a fanboy buffalo trace because really i mean you've got you've got a bourbon you've got a whiskey for like every single price point every single occasion yeah. like everything they do is is solid like can't think of one mm-hmm. i would turn down you know um so I think it's good too that they're you know increasing production. They've got these, um, you know, what is it? Is it three new? Oh, what is it called? The three new uh, fermenters, fermenters or whatever it is. Yeah, I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, that's great. You know, I was talking to my whiskey guy uh, two weeks ago, and he's you know just about being able to get Eagle Rare, and he's like, yeah, there's a chance in Idaho it might even go towards a lottery just to get Eagle Rare, and which is dang, yeah, which blows my mind so he's like hopefully that's not the case i'm like yeah hopefully it isn't but you know they do good products so i think it's one of those things where it's Mm -hmm. it's cool it's good to see it kind of expanding and growing and uh yeah so anyway i just thought that was interesting i'm hoping that more production of our favorite whiskeys are there so it's you know it's kind of stays that standard of 
you know, you want to get a good, good bottle for a good price. There it is, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And I have a feeling this is a, this is a, uh, prediction. Okay. So the bourbon boom started debatably between 2010 and 2013 mm-hmm. started. Um, and the fact is that I think most distilleries caught on that their special stuff and for Buffalo Trace, that's basically everything um, they need to produce more of. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's what Buffalo Trace is doing is they're like even for like stag or handy or these like, for example, Handy's only six and a half years aged. So that's why it's one of the easier bottles of the antique collection to find mm-hmm. uh, because it is, it's, you know, not as much an investment. Yeah. I mean, it is cast strength, so you're losing a little bit to evaporation loss without getting cut again. Um, but I have a feeling that in years to come, especially when maybe in the mid-2020s, uh, there will be a larger, much larger uh, availability mm-hmm. of these bottles because they started to realize that things are taken off. Yeah. We got to produce as much as we can now. That's just a prediction. I, and I hope you're right about it for sure. Me too. Well, the other thing too, so I love, I love just anything with spirits. And so um, a lot of like the books I've read, you know, it talks about, you know, spirits are very generational where you have, um, so by the time people, children turn 21 and they're able to start drinking whatever they want to drink, they almost typically rebel against what their parents had and they'll do something different. Um, which is why like in the eighties, mm-hmm. you know, you or seventies and eighties, you really saw whiskey kind of come out of fashion. It was these super sweet cocktails that are easy to make and just gross, um, kind of come mm-hmm. about. And then, you know, uh, late nineties, early two thousands. That's when people are like, yeah, I kind of want to get back into what my grandfather was drinking. So, you know, there's also that to it too. So we'll see, you know, it could, uh, by yeah, it two, might go down. here's my prediction in 2030, you'll be able to get all of the bottles you want. That'd be dope yeah, for know. me. <laughs> so anyway, that's that. But, uh, yeah. Anything that's else on that? Cool. No, I don't think so. Uh, before we get to the next segment, uh, what do you want to drink next week? I have something in mind, unless you were dying to try no, something. No, what do you want? Go for it. If you got something. So I was thinking the New Riff Single Barrel Rye. Okay. We each got a sample of that. Yeah, that sounds great. Plus, we haven't done a rye in a little bit. That sounds I don't great. think we have. No, I've been looking at yeah. a lot of New Riff stuff lately, so I'm excited for that one. That'd be good. Okay, cool. So board. yeah, next week we will be drinking New Riff Single Barrel Rye. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, but then it is now time for uh, the what whiskey should you, <laughs> dang it, what whiskey <laughs> would you choose? Uh, and I am leading this up this week. Pretty simple. Uh, last week we were drinking George T. Stag. I just talked about Hold Thomas on, H. Cool, Handy. Cool, cool. Uh huh. Can we talk about last week before we go on to this week? Oh yeah, totally. Well, bring I, it on. I, bring it on. Bring know, it on. I, I can completely understand why your rage is getting into this it. week. Yeah. So, which whiskey would you choose? Last week was what's your garage whiskey? Cole chose the mm-hmm. baby sass. I cho- chose just regular Buffalo Trace, and by far our biggest landslide. Um, Buffalo Trace won eighty nine percent to eleven percent. Dang. Uh, then we had a couple other questions in there. Uh, is mm-hmm, garage which whiskey, I liked. Yeah, is garage whiskey a thing or is this an isolated occurrence? And people said isolated occurrence, fifty five percent to forty five percent being it's a thing. Um we had some good comments too on it in general. Um, yeah. 
Wy- whiskey sipper wisconsin whiskey sipper. wisconsin whiskey yeah. sipper yeah uh mentioned uh theirs was uh, wild turkey 101 great choice mm-hmm. um carl v joe's you know that? yeah my friend carl joseph yeah okay carl v joe's said hunter and scott bourbon which i've never i've never heard of that or had that so i don't even know i want to say that's virginia is it um brand okay because he's he's out in richmond okay uh, but I might be wrong. Okay. Bourbon Badger mentioned, don't overlook cork versus screw cap. Whiskey must be protected from car exhaust equals Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse, awesome pick. I love that one as well. And Andrea- We need to do that, an episode on Rittenhouse. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then uh, Dramham mentioned just that he needs to have a garage to have a garage whiskey. So, <laughs> hey, there you go. I don't womp, know. Womp, womp, womp. Yeah. As he said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry about that, Dramham. Yeah. But I think, you know, the idea, you know, you don't have, if you don't have a garage, you can have, you know, you're in an apartment complex. You can keep it underneath the staircase. I guess you can have an under staircase whiskey. I don't know. That might be a thing. I, you know. But anyway, so, yeah, that was last week's Which Whiskey Would You Choose? Really appreciate just the feedback and the conversation there. Lots of fun throughout the week, so... That's that. We got to go back. We got to tab, tabulate all of the uh, the yeah. weeks and just see who who's where on the all time. Yeah, we better that soon before they all rack up. Yeah. So anyway, all right, yeah. cool. Take it away, buddy. Yes. So as I was mentioning, we talked about uh, George C. Stagg last week. We we even mentioned Thomas H. Handy on this episode as well as Eagle Rare Seventeen. Uh, the other two that might fit under that um, theme would be William Lou Weller and uh, Sazerac 18. And those bottles put together, Robbie, are? Expensive and hard to get. Expensive and hard to get. And they're part of, you know this, I the was just leading in the wrong direction. Yeah. yeah, the antique collection. Um, so, 2020. It's not out yet. They come out in the fall. Um which one do you want your hands on? You don't know what they're like. You don't know what the reviews are. Mm-hmm. You don't know anything about what they're, what's going down. You don't know how many bottles. You don't know evaporation loss. You don't know uh, the age of the, um, you know, George T. Stagg or the William Lou Weller. Um, which one do you want the most and why? So we're going 2020 Antique Collection. Yep. Not even out yet. Not even What out do you yet. want? Just looking for. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go the Sazerac. Um, the 18? The 18, yeah. I haven't... Oh, I've bro. Never had it. Good I've, choice. I've never had it. I've had the Handy. I've had the Eel Rare. Um, I've had the Stag. Um, so, yeah, I think I go for some Sazerac just because I've never had it. Um, I love Baby Saz. Baby Saz is delicious. Like last week when you're like, I'm choosing Baby Saz, I was like, oh, you're going to win because that's like, if that's what I could have in my garage, that's what I would have. Um, so, mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, love Saz. I've never had the 18, so I would, I would think I would go for that. That being, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. So when I was in Wisconsin, like I said, it's still everywhere. I found it at two liquor stores, and I only went to two, I think. Um, Yeah, so it's just crazy that Wisconsin gets all this baby sass. Um, I like your answer. Here's why. Because I I believe that might be the most rare bottle these days. Oh, is it? Okay. you know, 18 years is a long time to be in a barrel, and that's a huge amount of evaporation loss. And I still think they're, I, I want to say that it's 90 proof. The So it's not like they're, I mean, they are cutting it a little, so you add a little bit more in the volume there. Um, I've had the um, 2015, no, 2014 Sazerac 18, and it was phenomenal. 
it was a melody of rye as opposed to the handy which was like a bus Mm -hmm. like you're just getting hit by a bus of rye Uh, it is beautiful delicious and well-aged um, but I, you know what I'm probably going to choose here. I know what you're going to go for. I have a thing, a absolute thing for Ego Rare 17. Mm-hmm. And, uh, which is why I'm so excited about your friend being able to help us out with that sample. Uh, and especially that's the 101 proof now. Uh, but I have a thing for Ego Rare 17 that might never end my whole life. If I could ever mm-hmm. get my hands on one of those type of bottles, I'm very down. So, um, yeah, what I would do for a 2020 Eagle Rare 17. So if anyone out there, if you're <laughs> listening to this episode and it's already the fall of 2020 and you're like, I happen to get me a bottle of Eagle Rare 17, hit us up. Mm-hmm. We can do a deal with you to get a sample there. We would love that. But yeah, in the meantime, my 2015 bottle was emptied uh, last June. So um, wow, I am Eagle, wow. Rare, Eagle Rare 17 list. Uh, but that's my choice, and I'm excited to see what people think uh, on Instagram this coming week. So we'll see uh, where the votes go, because I do believe they're both big contenders. Uh, and yeah. I do believe people will have other opinions, too. So if you're yeah. listening, chime in on Instagram. You're going to love, uh, we're going to love just being a part of that interaction. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So that's uh, that's what whiskey would you choose? So So we need to clarify this. Is it which or is it what? Hmm. I think it's because I've always said what. I think I've always said which. Yeah, let's maybe just, we'll just keep it separate. Let's just hey, it's which what witchy, which what <laughs> what which whiskey. Which who's who's yeah who's which what whiskey would you choose? Yeah, yeah. I don't That's know. Yeah, good. you know it's interchangeable. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So I think that. Mostly, uh, mostly sums up our episode today. Anything else you wanted to talk about, Robbie? No, I think I'm good, man. It's fun. Good, good pour yeah, for sure. So um, mm-hmm. Especially, you know, when it's a listener helping us out here. I love it. It's awesome. Good time. Yeah, thank you so much, Ben. Yeah, for sure. So, no, I'm yeah. good, man. That's good. I think I am too. Uh, hope you all had a good time. Uh, this was great. Uh, I mean, I'm just stoked that we're getting, we're just like being provided with whiskey. Like that is <laughs> yeah. the goal. Yeah. Um, you know, if we don't, if we're not the number one uh, uh, podcast uh, for or the whiskey podcast out there, I get it. Definitely. You know, I think we're moving up, and that's and that's great for us. We're we're seeing slow growth in this uh, podcast. But if I can't get explosive growth, I'll take some free samples any day so whether it's from the distillery which we've had happen plenty of times and then uh or if it's from our greatest listeners so listeners we appreciate you and remember listeners um we take care of you too um so we don't just accept good things for nothing sometimes we uh, like to send something little back for you um so yeah i hope you all had a good time Hope you're enjoying uh, your Monday or whatever day you're listening to this podcast. Most of all, though, I hope that our love of spirits lifted yours. Mm-hmm.